This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. That's why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Thursday, 1 February, your Overlord 2024. Thank you so much for joining us for the second hour. Appreciate it. Um, the early evening edition of the uh, of the war room I want to bring in mark paoletta uh first mark was um over he was you have the white house council and then you have the vice president's white house council he was there at the beginning he was also part of the committee the very select five-man committee that helped work through the um the uh, supreme court justices uh, people think so highly of mark now over at cra one of the great fighters were russ vote jeff clark that team over there. Mark, I, I had you on here because it, it's kicking off Black History Month. And one of the most, I think, revered uh, African-Americans in the country is Justice Thomas. But I want to get I want to get up to speed on everything I see you fighting for. And it's very disturbing. We we're in Vegas for this pre RNC meeting, um, you know, restoring national confidence. We had I had people come in from the audience. We interviewed them. Fascinating guy who runs a used to work for Newt Gingrich years ago. He, he's dedicated his life to say, hey, you guys are missing it because if Biden wins, they're immediately going to pack the court. That, that's going to be his number one thing. And this guy's mm-hmm. running a group to do it. And it's just fascinating. But I see every day that you're fighting the fight. They're, they're trying to get Justice Thomas off. They're trying yeah. to get him recuse himself on every topic out there. They're, they're, they're smearing the justice. Intimidation. A lot of people are saying, like this Texas situation, is Amy Comey Barrett even as great, good as she, great as she is? Was she intimidated now by this mob? Is Roberts intimidated by this mob? Just you know this better than anybody. Give us a snapshot on where we are, and then what this audience can do to assist. Sure, sure. Thanks, Steve. thanks for having me on. Um, you're right. They are going to try and pack the court. Right. That is the that is their their goal to win the presidency, win both houses, and then pack the court. Right. In the in the meantime, they want to shrink the court. Right. Because we have this originalist uh, majority on the Supreme Court for the first time ever. OK. And certainly in modern times, modern, modern times, uh, going back many, many decades. And the left is furious. So what they're trying to do is they go after these justices, the originalists, with these made up ethics charges or recusals. And they're all false. I can tell you I've studied this a lot. I've written on it a lot. You can have your viewers go to markpaoletta.com or follow me on, on, on X at, at Mark Paoletta. And I lay it all out that there are, there are no issues uh, for why any of these justices need to recuse from these cases. But that's what they want. They want to take off Justice Thomas. They want to take off uh, Justice Gorsuch the other day. They were going after him on some lunatic um, allegation about him having to step away from the Chevron case, the case that was looking at uh, Chevron on def- deference. And it's so that they have their preferred justice. Oh, hang on, hang on. Folks folk should, folk should, folk should understand that that's the deconstruction of the administrative state. That is the Mac Daddy of what we've been yes. going. We got two elements, CRA. We're going to take it apart brick by brick, but you must have the legal side come in here. That's why Justice Gorsuch and Kavanaugh are so important, as you remember, Mark. But they're obviously, we call it the Thomas Court. So I just want to go back to something that's very important. I see it already in the chat. They their focus and folks remember this. This would have happened probably if Hillary Clinton won. We avoided that with Trump's great come from behind victory in 16. 
Yeah. What Paoletta is saying is that strategically, if Biden is to win again and they and they take the House and hold the Senate, they will immediately go to take out the third branch of government, which will be the judiciary, by packing the Supreme Court. In the interim, what they intend to do is to shrink the court. And they're going to shrink the court either through intimidation or these phony recusals. That's between now and uh, an election day is to shrink the court down from the from the conservative uh, majority. Correct. And, and, and if they win, then to expand the court, many more justices just to to dilute the the uh, the court. Is that the correct way to look at it? That's exactly right. That, that it's the bullying, but it's really the recusals that they need to recuse. They can't sit on this case because whatever something they come up with. Um, and so their, their spouse has expressed an opinion on a case or on an issue or something like that. None of those things constitute a, re, a reason to recuse. And I lay out in many instances over the years that, you know, the left never had any problems with, you know, um, spouses working in an area and the justice not recusing or whatever the allegation is. So that's the attack right now is to attack those originalist justices, intimidate them, try and get them to recuse. Um, my sense is, and looking at this, there's no reason to recuse that. But the left, it's you need to understand, and your viewers need to understand, Steve, it is just a seismic change in America that we have an originalist court. It's the only thing protecting our republic right now. And it hasn't been that way. It's, it's important to understand, even though there were Republican presidents in the past, right, Reagan, Bush, Bush no. 43, we've never had an originalist court, a conservative court, a constitutional no. court that's faithful to the Constitution. It was always left of center. You had Blackman, you had O'Connor, you had J Justice Stevens, you had Brennan. All of these left-wing justices, right, were appointed by Republican presidents. Well, David Souter, my God. Well, hold right? on. Souter, I mean, you had one disaster. Listen, this is why it was, I'm going to give some inside baseball, because it was Pence, Reince, myself, uh, and it was really Don McGahn and Mark. And what Don and McGahn Mark came up with, they said, hey, look, it can't be biography anymore, right? It, it can't be any kind of, you know, a profile. It can't be a state court judge. It has, and it has to be by written opinion. What drives us is intellect, discernment, judgment, and that's seen in the written opinion. And I think that's why you have the quality people of Kavanaugh and, and particularly Justice Gorsuch, who to me is like Alito Scalia level. Um, and, but you're right. We're, this is a precious thing we have. And that's why the left's gone nuts. Remember, they've held the Supreme Court up as as absolutely the most important institution in the nation until originalists were put on there. Now they're like demons attacking exactly. it, including physically attacking. And this is why the other thing, Mark, is you look at the types of cases, not just the Chevron deference by the Ministry of State. If you look at the top, you know, you had Dobbs, but. Look at this invasion of the southern border. I mean, the types of cases that are coming to the Supreme Court now are, are at such a scale. Each one could have a major impact on the direction of the republic. I shouldn't say each one, but many each session. And now more than ever, the court's going to be under the spotlight. That's right. I mean, in, in the past few years, right, you've had Dobbs, you've had the affirmative action case, you've had religious liberties uh, cases. All of those cases, uh, the Second Amendment cases, um, is strengthening the Second Amendment, uh, faithful to the Constitution. So all of these cases, including the case next week, right, with uh, the Fourteenth Amendment uh, and the and the you know outrageous attempt to try and keep President Trump off the ballot uh, in Colorado and Maine and other states, 
Those are cases, again, where they're going to try and say Justice Thomas needs to recuse or Justice X needs to recuse. It's it's warfare on the court. As you just said, Steve, what this triggered, right? And again, it, the, the stakes are so high here. What the left has done is unleashed war on the Supreme Court. And you saw that with Senator Schumer. This goes right to the top of the Democrat Party standing outside the, the on the steps of the Supreme Court during an abortion oral argument to threaten physically Justices Kavanaugh and Gorsuch to vote the right way, or they would they would know they won't know what hit you. He said, we will unleash the whirlwind. You won't know what hit you. And what happens after that? An assassination attempt on Justice uh, Kavanaugh and his family. So that's what the yeah. left has done. That's what's at stake here. It's important for people to support the Supreme Court, to stand up, to push back against the left and members of Congress who have directly threatened the Supreme Court. I remember I was in, I think, Rome it was uh, during the, uh, the, the, the voting, uh, getting ready for the European parliamentary election when Justice Kavanaugh was approved. I'm watching it on television, on, I think on BBC, and I see that mob run across the Capitol Plaza to the Supreme Court and go up and start banging with none, none, of, this, none of the marshals right. stop. They go up and start banging on this huge, massive doors. And I said, that is like the French Revolution. If they could have gotten through those doors, they would have torn people apart. I mean, it was an absolute irrational mob. It looked like, you know, France in 1792. So yeah. that was, I think, the trigger point of God. It was scary. Let me play. I want to do something. We're kicking off Black History Month with, I think, to me, one of the most esteemed African-Americans who's under relentless attack. Let's play the clip from the film. Go back to Mark. Sure. Judge Thomas, you solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help you God. I do. Please be seated. When I was six, I wandered the streets by myself. You were hungry and didn't know when you'd eat. Someplace in my life, the road split off. I had gone to the seminary. I had gone to all white schools. I was never going to be a part of that world. I was never going to be white. The problem is I can never go back completely to the world I came from. We're supposed to be revolutionaries. We were for anybody who's kind of in your face. I saw what I had become, lashing out at every single thing. And then I asked God that if you take anger out of my heart, I'll never hate again. And that was the beginning of the slow return to where I started. I want my candidacy to unify our country. I was under a constant attack. You're not really black because you're not doing what we expect black people to do. And I will nominate Judge Clarence Thomas to serve as Associate Justice of the United States Supreme Court. That's when all heck broke loose. Judge Thomas began to use work situations to discuss sex. We know exactly what's going on here. This is the wrong black guy. He has to be destroyed. You really didn't matter. What mattered was what they wanted. So you'd still like to serve on the Supreme Court? I'd rather die than withdraw from the process. I wouldn't be able to say I lived up to my oath and did my best. One of our greatest living patriots, uh, Justice uh, Clarence Thomas, 
Mark, tell people about, you have a very strong personal relationship. Of course, the filmmaker is a, a partner of mine, worked with him for years. I think the finest documentary and filmmaker in the country, Michael Pack. He's also, guys, remember The Last 600 Meters, many other films. Yeah. We did Rick Over together. He's just an incredible. That, this movie actually will bring you to tears. It's so powerful. Tell me about your relationship with him and Justice Thomas. I met Justice Thomas back in 1983 um, and then reconnected with him uh, in the White House uh, when I was the first person to reach out to him for the D.C. Circuit, worked on his confirmation, became incredibly close to him during that, that hell zone of going through that confirmation. Um, and we've been lifelong friends since then. When I got cancer, uh, he came and visited me every day. Uh, this is the last year of the White House of, of Bush 41 and 92. Uh, a great man, a dear friend our greatest American, living American, and our greatest justice. And so, um, you know, during Black History Month, we should celebrate Justice Thomas uh, as our, as I said, as our greatest living American. He's got this incredible story, uh, American story of being born into segregation. As you saw, it's a, it's a beautiful film. Um, I was very involved with the, the making of that film. Uh, I could watch it a, a, a many, many times. And I urge your, your viewers to watch that film, stream it. Um, it's two hours of you will, as you said, it will, you'll be moved to tears. You'll be inspired by him. And there's a companion book. That movie was based on 25 hours of one-on-one -on -one interviews that Michael Pack, our good friend and a terrific, the best, I think, documentary filmmaker, had with Justice Thomas, 25 hours. And you can only get so much in a two-hour film. So the book, uh, which I co-edited with Michael, called of the same name, Created Equal, Clarence Thomas in his own words, is you know the excerpts from those 25 hours, so covering a lot more of his life and his views on things. Uh, it's just it, it's a it's an inspiring book because it's Justice Thomas talking about his challenges, how he overcame them, his love of America, um, his love of individual rights, uh, and um, as you know, Steve, he's a wonderful man um, and uh, and our greatest justice, and he should be celebrated during Black History Month. And yet the left will attack him and defame him. And he's been, you know, this has been going on for 40 years. Um, but he's, one of the things that we talk about in terms of, of picking justices, right, is when, when Justice Thomas was selected by President Bush, what he saw was a man who had been through the fire, right? He had been attacked for 10 years in Washington before he went on the bench uh, because the liberal black leadership uh, and the left egged on by the liberal black leadership, attacked him and smeared him in the worst kind of ways. And you know what? He didn't bend. He didn't break. He stood his ground. Um, and, and that's a hero. All right. That's a leader. That's a warrior um, and, and a patriot. And that's why I think he is our greatest justice, because he's a leader on the court. You know, all of these decisions we were just talking about from, you know, Dobbs to the, uh, the Harvard UNC case to the Bruin case on Second Amendment. The, taking on the administrative state. We're talking about Chevron deference, but you know all of those things in terms of the out-of-control administrative state. Justice Thomas has led the way on the court. When he went on there in 1991, they mocked him. They made fun of him. They said all sorts of horrible things, which, which are in the movie, right? And what did Thomas do? He just got to work for 30 years, okay? And he's laid out a, a jurisprudence that is now the roadmap for this originalist court. And one of the things I remember when we went to, when the, did the Gorsuch uh, confirmation and selection was that Neil, when he was at the Department of Justice, had written an email to his friend uh, Greg Katzis, who was uh, as it was now on the D.C. Circuit, praising Justice Thomas's 
opinion in Kelo, right, which was the property rights case up in Connecticut, where what? Where the government and corporations took these people's homes, right, to build a plant and, and enrich themselves. People went to jail for that, okay? Um, and Thomas said, this is wrong. This is against the Constitution. And he's been proved right. But it was Neil Gorsuch looking at Justice Thomas's opinion and writing a, an email to his friend, which he never thought would see the light of day, saying, Thomas is the man, basically. What an amazing opinion. That, to me, spoke a lot when we were looking at Neil Gorsuch in terms of, you know, how he thought about things. Uh, so, um, it's as I said, it's the first day of Black History Month. I'm really happy you, you've had me on your show. Uh, and I encourage all of your your, your viewers to watch that movie, no. read the book, and then also read Justice Thomas's own memoirs, which are called My Grandfather's Son, um, uh, which came out in 2008, but is a beautiful, riveting uh, memoir of his of his life. Just incredible, incredible man, incredible patriot. Mark, uh, thinking back with with Greg uh, Katz's. Uh, um, yourself and others, uh, Dom again, uh, President Trump was very fortunate. That was a quite powerful White House counsel's office with tremendous, tremendous talent and with all the whole administrative state and deep state come in the media every day. It was like Fort Apache, but you guys were magnificent. And people don't know the untold story of that group that you guys had, but it was just incredible. Mark, I had to get to social media, how to get to you over CRA. Sure. Um, at Mark Paoletta uh, on, on X and uh, markpaoletta.com is my website. Um, and I'll throw one more thing out. The Thomas Revolution is going to continue because, it, you know, thanks to Dom again and that team, they picked, I think, 15 uh, Thomas clerks that are now on the courts, uh, many on the courts of appeal, like Greg Katz, <laughs> that are going to carry his legacy and his hey. approach into the future. Say that again. That that's until I think it's the first time that stats ever been used. This shows you how you build, and this is what's got the left who thinks they own the courts. The, the reason they they hate Thomas, they yep. hate Trump, right? Yep. They hate what you guys did because he's put originalist, and I mean the smartest people. You meet these people; they're so brilliant. How many? How many? Just how many Thomas clerks are there's his 15, federal judges are playing on the appellate court? Um, yeah, 15 Thomas former clerks, some of them, I think two or three of them on a state court, but they're on the courts of appeals, right? You have Naomi Rao on the D.C. Circuit, Greg Katzis, you have Jim Ho, um, you know, you just have um, Allison Jones on the Fourth Circuit. These are committed originalists, okay? David Strauss on the Eighth Circuit. Um, and you see David pop up from time to time with, with opinions that drive the, the left crazy. And so... There was one lefty writer who said that Thomas wrote these opinions in dissent that taught the young lawyers in law school, right, how to dream, how to think big. That's his impact. And like I said, there are people on the court uh, that are going to go. Some of them are going to be up for the Supreme Court, um, you know, next time around. Uh, so Thomas's revolution uh, and his lasting legacy will be that he inspired and showed the way for a, a young group of lawyers. And as I said, all, all praise to President Trump for making those appointments and Don McGahn's team of, of sifting through and finding the right people. But I think Don's default yeah. was we're looking for Thomas clerks because that was the place to go to find those committed originalists. So proud to be a small part of that because I'm not a lawyer, but I learned so much. Brother, thank you so much, uh, Mark. Great job. Great over at CRA. Thank you so much. Thanks, Steve. Honored Thanks for having me on here. Talk about trial by fire. Th those guys in that White House, that was trial by fire. And that's why Mark just laid out why we must win in November. Don't think this fight over the courts is over. Somebody can tell you that is Brandon Showwater. I mean, Brandon at the Christian Post is really, I think, the intellectual leader 
he and Dr. Marion Grossman, I would say, and a couple others, but really the intellectual core of public intellectuals about this horrific thing of the transgender ideology. I have you on here. We've had a bunch of people on in different cases. Where do we stand? And you're, you're thinking strategically. California is the railhead of this. Walk, walk me through where do you think we stand today and why is California so important and what do we have to do to turn things around here? Well, those are awfully kind words, Steve, and I, I thank you for that. Where we stand is that throughout the U.S., South and Midwest, with Ohio, that's the 23rd state, to have passed some kind of a ban on the medicalization of children. Gender ideology infects every realm of culture, but I think the most egregious harm is the chemical castration, sterilization, and surgical disfigurement of minor children and vulnerable adults, I would say. Just today, South Carolina, that could be the 24th state if they go through, that would, be, that would make a clean sweep of the South. But I will say, as you just said, Steve, that the Lodestar, the Death Star, California is where I think the fight must be uh, because blue state kids matter too. I've got a column today on the Christian Post talking about why I believe that is. And the polling indicates out in California, they were surveyed by Spry Strategies in November, that 63% of California voters do not agree with medicalizing children with puberty blockers, cross sex hormones, and body altering surgeries. 68% of California voters say that they don't think parents should lose their custody for not affirming their child's chosen gender identity. That parents are outraged in California across the spectrum, Republicans and Democrats alike. And so they've risen up to try and bypass what the, the legislature is not paying them any mind. So they're trying to put an initiative on the ballot this fall and so if that is successful and they have until April 18th to gather the requisite 550,000 signatures or so, California voters have a chance to reject males in women's sports, teachers deceiving uh, parents about their child's gender distress behind their backs, and also the medicalization of minor children with this, these horrible drugs and surgeries. So if that goes down in California, Steve, if gender ideology is dealt a body blow in the Golden State, it will be the equivalent to use a biblical analogy of hitting Goliath in the forehead and that giant falling. And then, yeah, then we know the rest of the story. His head is sliced off and the Philistine's wealth is plundered. But if it goes down in California, it goes down. And the fight must be in the belly of the beast. And we owe it to blue state kids and families to, to contest this ideology wherever it lurks. We can't just resist this kind of horrible dogma in the red states with sympathetic legislatures. Uh, Brandon, where do people go to get all your content, including your podcast, but you've got a film out that's very moving. I, I need people. Look, everybody knows this is not my line of country. This is probably of all the topics we talk about by far the least one I'm comfortable with. But I also think it's probably one of the most important, if not the most important, because it goes to the heart of a Judeo-Christian civilization and what is happening here. And the stories are so horrific. I, I mean, in seeing your documentary, there were so many times I had to just turn away. I, I, I can't handle it. It's that tough. At least it's that tough for me. I know it is for many people. But where do people go to get the information? We have to immerse ourselves in this, and you're right. Yeah. We have to march on California. We have to take down. Because people in California don't support this. And here's something else I know. The more you expose us about what's actually going on, the more people come to your side and say, yes. we can't do this. This is the United States. We can't do this. Now, Republicans and Democrats alike don't want to see children sterilized and maimed. If the War Room Posse is interested in what's going on in California, I would point them to protectkidsca.com. And there's parent activists who are working 
bipartisan, cross-partisan. It is totally a parents' movement. It's not left or right. That's where you can find more information there. I can be found on X at at Brandon M. Show. I would also urge everyone to take a listen to our documentary-style podcast series at the Christian Post called Generation Indoctrination. That's at generationindoctrination.com. And if you want to hear about the families that have been torn apart by this, Dead Name, it's a very poignant documentary. As you said, Steve, you probably have to look away because it's so so much of a gut punch. And that can be found at deadnamedocumentary.com. Very much urge everyone to see it. It'll move your heart. You have to immerse yourself in this to understand what's going on in the country. It will shock you. All of this is shocking. Brandon, yes. thank you so much. Thanks for fighting thank this you, fight Steve. and being on here. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you, bro. Okay, there's a method to my madness today. We're going to get into the second part of this. Rob Reiner's made a new film about Christian, national, Christian nationalism, which is like the new biggest domestic terrorism aspect. I want to bring in Liz Jordan now. Liz, and so I've had uh, Mark Payella talk about Justice Thomas, one of the most devout Christians in uh, public service. Of course, Brandon Showalter, the Christian Post, walking through about this radical transgender ideology. And then Liz Jordan, our hammer over in the traditional side of the Catholic Church, Ma'am, talk to me. We've been the NGOs and all this stuff about uh, about the uh, uh, Catholic charities and Catholic charities taking money from the government to uh, reinforce and exacerbate the invasion of our country. What is going on with the Catholic Church in this regard, ma'am? Well, you know, they they need Catholic charities is no longer state Catholic or charitable. Um, it has become an arm of the government. It is the cash become a cash cow. Um, making hundreds of millions of dollars. And what I believe in many Catholics who watch your show believe is facilitating human trafficking and the drug cartels. We've got Catholic agencies, NGOs, Catholic charities, Catholic Relief Services, Caritas International. They're on both sides of the border, facilitating in it with the UN, with the Soros organizations, with all the radical leftist organizations to bring people over the border. Um, they're making millions. And, you know, Catholic Charities was uh, created to help the poor. And that was money from the people in the pew to help the poor. It was never envisioned until, I would argue, um, Barack Obama and Joe Bernadine as a um, you know, sub-agency of a federal government. And as a result of that, I mean, you have a huge Catholic audience, as you know, and we have been working tirelessly to figure out a way now to have the Catholic, traditional conservative Catholics who, who are war room you know, maniacs, love, love the show and follow it daily to find a platform so that we can not only speak truth to power, but also to coalesce in a way to what, make what, what, bishops what, what, accountable. What, what, why don't you hang over a second? We're going to talk about that platform with traditional Catholics who are with our evangelical Christian partners are going to change the direction of this nation. Rob Reiner fears that all next in the war room. As we head toward a presidential election in November, one thing you can be sure of, 2024 will be a tumultuous year like no other. How will your hard-earned savings fare during this year? You're already seeing the impacts of inflation at the pump, the grocery store. The dollar continues to lose buying power quicker than your wages can increase. How are you protecting your savings? Consider diversifying with gold from Birch Gold Group. 
For decades, gold has been the choice of investors and central banks to hedge against inflation. Now, you can own it in a tax-sheltered IRA with the help of Birch Gold. Just text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898, and Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on gold. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. And the best part, you don't have to pay a penny out of pocket. With an A-plus rating, with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of satisfied customers, you can trust Birch Gold. Text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free info kit. That's Bannon to 989898. And secure your savings now. Take action. Text Bannon at 989898. Action, action, action. The apples in your holiday pie taste amazing, but it's not exactly the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables. The Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and your cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day, which, as you know, is almost impossible. That's why you need to check out Field of Greens. Every fruit and vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like your heart, your lungs, your kidneys, and your immune system. Yo, folks, the holidays are here, and you need to stay healthy. Plus, you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier. Field of Greens is the simplest way to get those daily fruits and veggies, and it tastes amazing. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com. Use promo code Bannon. That's promo code Bannon at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com. Make sure you take, take it today. Use your agency. Action, action, action. Fieldofgreens.com. Promo code Bannon. Tax Network USA is pure war room for solving your IRS tax problems. If you owe back taxes, COVID was your lucky break. Tax court shut down, the IRS paused, and you skated. Well, baby, that party is over. The IRS is adding 20,000 enforcement agents, basically tax cops. Honest, hardworking Americans like you are in the crosshairs. Rich people have tax lawyers, and you don't. You'll pay up plus interest and penalties. TaxUSA Network has brilliant war room type strategies designed to solve your IRS problem quickly in your favor. Never call the IRS yourself. You're at their mercy. You could sit on hold for six to eight hours and get hung up on. Grind you for all your back taxes, plus interest and penalties. Tax Network USA attorneys have a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to talk to and who to avoid. If they get difficult agent, hey, they just call a different agent. Tax Network USA learned of a limited-time special IRS offer. The IRS is willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. Find out if you qualify before it's too late. Schedule your free confidential consultation with Tax Network USA. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts. Think about that. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts. They offer a best-in-class client satisfaction guarantee. Now call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. And visit Tax Network USA. That's TNUSA.com slash Bannon. TNUSA.com slash Bannon. Make sure you take action on this today. This IRS grind is only going to get much worse.
War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, uh, one of the things we're doing here is making sure that you have alternatives to, to uh, reach out to in case, for instance, on the credit card side, you know, we've worked with the people at the debt relief uh, to make sure that you can get manage your credit card situations. Credit cards start to blow people up. Also, taxes. All these IRS agents don't believe for a second they're after millionaires. They're after you. And so uh, Tax Network USA has come up with a, uh, a plan. You've got to get in touch with them. The one thing, if you get a letter from the IRS and it says, hey, call this number, do not call the number. What you need to do is first call Tax Network USA because I think, I believe you waive your rights if you make contact. So when you get the letter, call Tax uh, Network USA, TNUSA.com. If you do slash Bannon, you'll get a, a discount on the advisory fee. Or you can go to 800-245-6000. Make sure you talk to the pros at Tax Network USA today because those new IRS agents, they ain't there to go after the billionaires. The billionaire donors are the ones that put these, uh, put these demons in office. So they're not going to go after them. They're going to go after you. Okay, so if you've got a letter or anything, you've got issues with your taxes, make sure you go to taxnetworkusa.com, tnusa.com slash Bannon. Go check it out today. Uh, Liz Yor, you guys have worked on an alternative. You've got Catholic Relief, Catholic Charities. You have all these groups that are no longer really Catholic. They're progressive left, working with Soros. Look, they're assisting the invasion of our country, working with the United Nations. You and your team of traditional Catholics have come up with an alternative. What is it, ma'am? Okay, it's called a platform called complicitclergy.com. And it's a bunch of activists, traditional Catholics, faithful Catholics, um, who are starting to coalesce, building the Catholic voice against leftist bishops and or the silent ones. And they're speaking out against clergy sex abuse, transparency and financing. And now our real concern, Steve, is what Catholic Charities has been doing on the border, facilitating human trafficking and the drug cartel. And we've made it very easy because we know the Catholics in the war room um, are motivated to get involved. Go to catholicclergy.com where it says, take action, click on that, and you can fill out an email um, protesting what's going on and telling the bishops and the Catholic Church to get out of the border, illegal border business, um, and it will go directly to your diocese and to your bishop. It's a way to start communicating. We're going to use it for bills. We want to see bills that um, in Congress that are taking away this funding for these NGOs. It's absolutely essential because if the NGOs are pulled out of this business, it's going to make it extremely difficult for the government to continue to push millions over the border. Look, this, we were talking about this, Steve, lest we forget that it was 19 illegal alien terrorists brought this country to its knees in 2001. And we've yet to recover from that. Now we're talking about exponentially hundreds of thousands of Mohammed Atas, Chinese spies hiding in this country. You know, I've read all the inspector general reports on what's going on in the border. It is. They're gone. Nobody knows where any of them, they're not being tracked. Nobody knows where they are. And with these NGOs like Catholic Charities, this has become a cottage industry. And it's a massive government slush fund. And with Catholic Charities becoming a cash cow, 
uh, for the government, we are going to have to insist. Hold, hold on. That when you say when you say hang hang on hang when you say when you say Catholic Church, this will be sure. You just made a comment that you believe they're complicit in assisting with sex trafficking and the drug cartels. That's a, that's yes. a pretty bold claim, Lizure, because this is people at parishes in the second collection that are are giving their their money to this, along with obviously the government. They've got it set up to Obama that they're on the government payroll now, taking billions of dollars a year. But it's also people in the second collection. You know, they, they put the envelope around. They say, hey, it's you know, one week it's Peter's Pence, the next week it's Catholic Charities. How do you make such a bold statement? They're involved in sex trafficking and assisting the cartels in drug trafficking. Well, I'm sure you remember in the Trump administration, when the Trump administration wisely decided to do DNA testing and separated children from their parents to do their testing, they found that one third of the children did not belong to the people who were bringing them across the border. Um, so you can't tell me as, as somebody who is providing documents, providing money, providing cards, um, examining as these people are coming across the border. Um, these, you know, are people, this is a massive, massive, they say 100,000 children, unaccompanied minor children are missing. They're not even looking for these children. Catholic Charities is busing them and dumping them. It's a, it's, you know, as many have said, it's an uber illegal operation. Um, and so my concern is all these, you know, people that they've quickly hired, they know darn well yep. what's happening yep. and what's going on. And, hey, give, and give, give, oh, hang on, give that stat, give that stat one more time from, from, because Biden specifically yeah. put out an executive order you cannot check for dna Fa tell re tell day, people what we found out in the trump administration the day he came into office he stopped that and they found that one third of the children did not belong to the adults who were bringing them across the border steve this is an app you read these oig reports it is a total nightmare this is this is a fire that is going to lit this country um, just in an explosion. Furthermore, what is going to be happening, it is this permanent um, poor class of people, children from 157 countries. We don't have teachers from, you know, teaching languages from, you know, 157 countries. Um, we don't even know where these children are. We're dumping them with people that that the administration, the Biden administration, as somebody who's been in child welfare, this is just mind-boggling to me. The Biden administration is dumping unaccompanied minor children with sponsors that have not had backgrounds, have not had any criminal checks. They haven't even examined the homes these children are being left at. Um, they never call these children back. They never check to see if they're in their homes, who these people are. It is you know, to me, you know, there's there's just no coming back from this unless these people are deported under um, the next Trump administration. So, you know, those of us who are Catholics who, you know, in the old days love Catholic charities and Catholic charities did the true work of helping poor people, right? It was from the hard work of, you know, the people in the pews who gave gave to Catholic charities. That doesn't happen anymore. What happens now is they're getting a handout from the Biden administration in carrying out their 
just illegal, evil, malevolent policies that are just going to be a disaster for the country. And, you know, if you if you read this letter from the ex-FBI um, supervisors who are who wrote Congress saying they said it would be difficult to overstate the danger represented by the presence inside of our borders of a multi-division army of young single males from hostile nations. I mean, this is, you read that letter and, and I you know, told you I've worked with two of those agents on high profile cases. They're the, the finest men, the finest patriots, and they are extremely, you know, they're waving the red flag. It's flashing red in the country. And, um, you know, the only way that we can do something is to cut off the funding to these NGOs. I'm really, I'm just pleading with Catholics out there to um, go to our website, complicitclergy.com, um, track, you know, go to your bishop. Okay. We're making it as easy as okay. possible. Hang, Drop hang, down hang, hang, hang on a second. Okay, slow down. Hang on. Because first you said Catholic clergy. I just want to make sure we get the right website. Oh, it's complicit, complicit clergy. clergy. Yeah. Complicit clergy. Complicit. Complicit. Liz, 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 actually got so worked up, so worked up, she gave the wrong website. So it's complicit oh, I, clergy, yeah. all I mean, one word. It's such a disaster, Steve. <laughs> I mean, it's just you know, it's you know. Anyway. Liz, I'm gonna play this Rob Brown. Say, I just, I just want to hit one more point. You've spent you your me- professional okay. career. You spent your professional career combating child trafficking, sex trafficking, and particularly the damage that it does. Do you believe that a significant part of what we're seeing at the southern border is directly tied to uh, sex trafficking overall, and particularly the aspect of child sex trafficking? Absolutely. We already know that from Tara Rodas, the whistleblower. And that's only one whistleblower. Absolutely. That's, they've been coming over the border in droves. Um, there is a demand. The United States has the biggest demand for sex trafficking victims in the world. Um, and this is um, cheap. Um, victims are just lining up across, you know, and just and they're dumping them with predators. And there's no safety net. There's no protection. This is a huge business for the cartels. It's m- much more l- lucrative than the drug cartel much more because these victims are used over sold over and over again um we have you know just we thought human trafficking and sex trafficking was a problem before um you know it you know and in donald trump did more than anybody else to to stem and to prosecute these cases um after three years of joe biden it's katie by the door it's it's just a nightmare so it's big business and uh, they're pouring over the borders. And we know it, we've seen it, and look at the OIG report, it talks about it. I tell you, uh, we know what some of the clear and present dangers are to this nation. Of course, Rob Reiner, uh, a filmmaker, believes that the clear and present danger is Christian nationalism. Let's play some cuts from his uh, this interview he did, and Liz, uh, I'll stop it uh, partway through and you and I can make some commentary. Let's go ahead and play it. I you to do God and Country about Christian nationalism as a documentary, because obviously you're really, really, really well known for your fantastic films. Well, you know, I, I've kind of known about this movement for, for quite a while. I mean, back in the, 
in the late 70s, early 80s, Norman Lear uh, launched an organization called People for the American Way, which focused on this idea that uh, the Christian right was going to dictate uh, what we should listen to, uh, what we should not listen to. And uh, it was very disturbing to him. And as time went by, uh, I saw this movement grow, but I didn't realize how powerful it was and how well organized and well funded it was until I uh, read this book called The Power Worshippers by, uh, by Catherine Stewart. And I then realized that this has uh, taken root far more uh, far more deeply than I had ever thought. So you mentioned Norman Lear, just for our international audience, just want to point out he was the great TV pioneer, creator of all sorts of things, um, including All in the Family. And he recently died at the grand old age of 101. Um, he was, that was your breakthrough series, that, that television series. But back to this, because we'll talk about him in a little bit. You know, we've all known about the power of America's, you know, right-wing fringe, it's Christian evangelicals, how they helped propel Trump, of all people, uh, into the White House. But I think for me, what was so new about what you did was the notion of nationalism and particularly how that really was on display at the insurrection at the Capitol. I'd never focused on all those imageries that you show and you focus on all those people waving crosses and speaking Bible verses and the like. Yes, well, you know, the, the interesting thing is that it, you know, they, 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 they go into the guise of a religious movement, but it really isn't. It's a political movement. It's all about gaining power. It's all about uh, forcing your way of thinking on, on others. And you're right. I mean, most people didn't focus on the fact that there was this uh, Christian nationalist undercurrent to the uh, insurrection on January 6th. But if you look closely, uh, not only are there the, the images that you point out, but there was an organizing uh, tool. They organized the buses that got there. Uh, we're not saying that every person who stormed the Capitol was a Christian nationalist, but it was the foundation mm -hmm. for uh, the movement on January 6th. So let me ask you, what then is the proportion or the distinction between American Christians and American Christian nationalists, um, do they work together? Do they work in opposition to each other? Well, that's a great question, because when you see the documentary, you'll realize that we're not bashing Christianity at all. It's the exact opposite. As a matter of fact, we have some of the most uh, conservative Christian thinkers, uh, theologians, uh, people who are devout uh, to their faith, uh, talking about the danger of Christian nationalism, not just to democracy, but to Christianity itself. And unfortunately, you have a lot of uh, well-meaning Christians who uh, do uh, practice their faith and are devout in what they believe, getting swept up in this uh, Christian nationalist movement, which is essentially, as I pointed out before, a political movement, mm -hmm. not a religious movement. Yeah, and frankly, if I could paraphrase that, it's about power, not religion. And one of your experts in the film says, if democracy gets in the way of... Uh, that is uh, Rob Reiner, a well-known Hollywood progressive. He's the, he's the one person you want lecturing you on, on Christianity and Christian nationalism. Liz, you're traditional Catholics, evangelical Christians. The more devout you are, the more suspect you are as a hater of democracy and, quite frankly, a domestic terrorist. Your thoughts, ma'am? Oh, Steve, you know, I'm glad he brought out Norman Lear. 
because Norman Lear, at the end of his life, um, converted to Catholicism. His daughter um, converted to Catholicism when she was at Harvard, and um, I think at the ripe old age of 100, he did too. So I'm sure his his feelings about Christianity and Catholicism uh, changed as he got older and wiser. Um, look, this is all about um, Hollywood has lost its power. It began to lose its power, I believe, when um, Mel Gibson had that blockbuster, uh, magnificent film, The Passion of Christ. And ever since then, Catholics, Christians, um, and we all, you know, we don't separate the fact that we are um, our religion from the country we love and live in. Um, as Catholics and Christians, we're taught to love God, family, and country. Um, so there's no separation um, of that. And, you know, Hollywood's been losing its power. And they understand that the Catholic Christians, Catholic nationalists, Christian nationalists, people who love their country, understand that Hollywood does not love this country. And the junk and smut that it's been producing over the years has um, turned off the, their audience. Uh, they can't fill, um, fill seats in, in the movie theaters. Um, and so you know, they're kind of left to demonize them, us. That's all they have to do. And I might add that it's interesting. It's not that we hate movies because we saw what a blockbuster Sound of Freedom was. Um, we, you know, we see that those Christians, Catholics in Hollywood um, have quite a following, although Hollywood wants to, um, you know, censor them. Um, we in, you know, as Catholics want to support those Catholics that speak, um, speak the truth and are great creators of art and content. Um, so, you know, he's been banging this drum forever. Um, it's, you know, he's very much, you know, the old man, Hollywood is dead, thank God. Um, what is going to replace it is going to be true and beautiful and creative. And we're going to have stories in the future, real stories, not reruns. Um, and so, you know, um, hopefully Rob Reiner will follow in his, um, in the lead of Norman Lear. Um, and at the end of his life, <laughs> Listen, I, knew at the end, I knew you were going to I know, that. I know. Hey, you're miracles, so good. You're so good. Um, but, you know, Liz, he brought up so Norman good. Lee. My mentor. And, oh, yeah. He, um, and so, and so um, you know, I, I think this is just, you know, Disney's gone. And we're, 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 you know, walking with our feet and speaking with our feet. We, no, walk, we don't go to movies it, that have, it, you know, it, that have people. It, no, and Mel's getting by the way, Mother 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 Cabrini's coming out. There's all kind of great films yes. coming out here in the near future. Yes. Liz, we got to yes. bounce, but complicitclergy.com. Okay. Is that where yes. people go? Complicitclergy.com? Yes. 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 And you'll hear more about it from us. And we're going to be doing a lot of exciting things in really moving the needle to protect children and make the Catholic hierarchy accountable. One of my mentors, Liz Yor, as I say, she's tough as boot leather with a heart of gold. Liz, thank you so much. Honored, always honored to have Thanks. you on here, ma'am. Thank you. Complicit clergy. We're going to get into more on this every day because the bill's coming up. We got to have people say, well, you guys are just so negative, negative. No, 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 no. You've got to stop the bad and you have to promote the good. And that's what we do here. Uh, Birchgold.com, the end of the dollar empire. 
Obviously, geopolitics, economics starting to overwhelm just traditional politics. It's quite important for you, a working class and middle class audience, to understand all of this. We try to make it as easy as possible. It's totally free. does not cost you anything. Just go to birchgold.com slash Bannon right now. You get all four installments, including the new third. I've redone the third installment of the debt trap to get current numbers up there. You'll see and you'll understand everything that's going on, these massive fights we have over the next couple of weeks, just absolutely massive fights. So go to birchgold.com slash Bannon. Maybe you talk to Philip Patrick and the team. Okay, Lou Dobbs follows us here at 7 o'clock. We're back at 10 tomorrow. It's going to be jam-packed. We're also going to do, with the Real America's Voice, a special on Saturday. Ben Burkwam and the Real America Voice team. We're going to go to East Palestine. We'll have people in East Palestine, Ohio. We'll spend the whole two hours, of course, breaking news, talking about these bills, all the huge firefight. MyPatriotSupply.com. Why don't you also check that out? If uh, Seb got you rattled earlier in the show, go to My Patriot Supply right now. Check out about all the preparation material. Lou Dobbs next. We're back here at 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. See you then when you'll be in the war room. I want to warn you of a huge change that could be coming to our money and our bank accounts. First, think back to 9-11, shortly after the government pushed through the Patriot Act. This gave the government power to spy on innocent Americans by monitoring our phone and email and tracking our movement across the Internet. Now, Jim Rickards, editor of the independent financial newsletter Strategic Intelligence and New York Times bestselling author, is warning about a coming event that could elevate this governmental surveillance to a terrifying new level. In fact, some of the guests I've had on The War Room believe that the government will soon expand their powers to track our every move. If we say the wrong things on social media, donate to the wrong causes, buy firearms, or even vote MAGA, the government may be able to shut us out of our bank accounts. I can't say for sure if this will happen, but it's an interesting and dire warning. Fortunately, Jim Rickards, an American patriot and friend of mine, has made it his mission to educate us on what he believes is coming and how to protect yourself from the possibility of programmable money. Watch Jim's warning video now before it's censored like I've been in the past. Go to RickardsWarRoom.com. That's RickardsWarRoom.com now to see the video. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to WarRoomHealth.com. That's WarRoomHealth.com. All one word, WarRoomHealth.com. Use the code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOMHEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today. Check it out.